0: Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings, how are you today? I hope you're having a wonderful beginning to 2019. As I record this, it's, I don't know what, the ninth day of January, and so much has already happened. So I hope that there is momentum for you in your career. If you're in a job search, I hope there's momentum for you there. If not, I encourage you to listen to some of my past podcasts or reach out to me and let me help you with that process. So today we're going to talk about how to be identified as a high potential in your organization. We're going to start by defining that But before we do that, I want to introduce my guest today, and this is Denise Wilson. So, Denise, why don't you tell us about yourself?
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for having me, Lisa. Uh, The hat I wear today is I lead um, training and development for Capital City Bank, which is a regional bank in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, I've got my CPLP designation, which is Certified Professional in Learning and Development through the ATD, which is the Association for Talent Development. That's like a mouthful of stuff. Uh, But that's where I am today. Uh, When I was younger, I started out out of college. I went to the management training program for Sears. Uh So I worked in retail for 14 years. Wow. And while I enjoyed it, what I do now really feeds my soul. So I I really enjoy it. And one of my responsibilities is leading our high potential Mm -hmm. program. So tell us about what that is. What is a high potential program? All right. For us, we call it career camp. We hold it about every other year and it lasts for 18 months. And one of the things that I think is neat about the way that we do it is we don't hold it if we don't have enough high potentials Mm. for the program. So we don't put on a program and then look for high potentials. We identify high potentials
0: and then put them through the program. So if you had to give us a sentence about what makes someone a good candidate for your high potential program, what would that be? I think the word potential is is the one that stands out for me.
1: A high potential is someone that as an organization we see this person as being a future leader, Mm -hmm. someone who who is going to give back to the organization. And by leader, a leader doesn't necessarily have to manage people. It can be a leader of a product or things like that. But it's somebody that we see as being able to move several steps above where they are today Mm -hmm. in their career.
0: And do you have any sense of sort of what percentage of companies have a formal program? Is it fairly few, or what would you say about that? I think a lot has to do
1: with the size of the company, Mm -hmm. and we have 800 associates, so my... This is like purely a guess right here, but I would say that you would need to have about 500 people to really um, be able to do the type of program we do. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm certain that there are other programs out there where perhaps they have high potentials that do things, you know, one on one. But with our program, with a classroom approach, right, right. Um, you really need to have enough people to identify. You don't want everyone to be a high potential. Right.
0: Then it, it means nothing. Right. So if, if you are in a smaller, you know, if we've got somebody listening who's in a smaller company or a bigger company that doesn't have a formal program, that's really what we want to talk about today is, you know, how can you be identified for that, whether or not your company has a program, but especially, I think, if your company doesn't. And, and um, you've got some tips for us. And so um, why don't you start by telling us what are the benefits of being identified as a high potential? What, what do you get out of it? I think the benefits are you get more opportunities. If
1: Mm -hmm. someone sees you as someone who who can be successful, who takes a task and runs with it and not only accomplishes it, but does even more than is expected, then they're going to look for opportunities Mm -hmm. for you. Uh, And I also think you can stand out in your organization and you can stand out outside your organization. So if you're looked at as a high potential, your name comes up. Your name mm-hmm. comes up in conversations, even if there isn't a program. You know, when managers are talking, hey, you know, mm-hmm. we might have this position over here. Do you know anybody who might do it? Well, you know who I've seen that's really stood out for me? You know, it's Susie Cube. Yeah. So yeah. It, it the
0: program's there, even if it's not a formal program. Excellent. Excellent. So you have some tips for us. So let's talk about those tips on, again, this is how you can really position yourself as a high potential regardless of whether your company has a formal program or not. So what we talked about a moment ago ago about being identified for programs, opportunities, projects, whatever the case may be, even if your company doesn't have a formal program, you want to be in that conversation in a positive way, of course. (laughs) And so what's tip number one? The first thing that came to my mind when you asked me the
1: question, Lisa, was volunteering. Volunteer for things outside of your your job description. Mm -hmm. Uh, An example that I can think of is at Capital City Bank, we um, we work with Children's Home Society on their holiday drive each year. Mm -hmm. So we ask some people in our building to lead that effort. So they don't have to be in a leadership role, but they, they wind up getting to spend time with leaders doing Do that. that and other leaders outside of their area see their communication style see what they're doing so when you volunteer for things whether whether it's a project or something you know with a nonprofit you get seen, you get that visibility, and and that's really where it is. You can be fabulous, but if nobody knows it but right. you, it's not going to help. So you've got to seek ways to be visible, and volunteering, even if it's something that you're like, I'm not real sure about, put yourself out there, volunteer.
0: And I think also with volunteering, you get a chance to stretch your muscles outside of the work that you do on a daily basis. So people who might have sort of pigeonholed you as this is somebody who is an accounting. They're a numbers person, and that's kind of all they are. They get to see your ability to interact with other people or your communication skills or some of those other things that not all accountants have. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It allows you to show your skill sets. Mm-hmm. And I, when you were saying that, I was thinking of all of the committee opportunities. I was in higher education for 22 years, and we are all about the committee We have nothing if we don't have committees. We had a committee on committees. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Let's have a committee to decide which committees we should have. And so those committees really gave you an opportunity to do a wide range of things. I mean, there was a committee on feral animal removal. (laughs) Oh, my. I, I wasn't on that one, and I don't want to be. But that's the point is it's something that's maybe really different from what you get to do, but you get to interact with those different people and stretch those skills.
1: Absolutely. So
0: I love the volunteering uh, suggestion. So what's number two? The
1: second one, and this is one that I give advice on on a regular basis in the bank because people will come to me and say, I really want to do something different. I really want to do something new. And you have to be the best you can be at what you're doing before you move on. Mm-hmm. And I think about those same, you know, hallway conversations or manager conversations. Hey, I see so-and-so has applied for this job. And if so-and-so has made a name for themselves in a positive way, then you're more likely to get that job. Mm-hmm. But if you hear, you know what, they're just really, not they're lackluster. They're, mm-hmm. they're not engaged. You know, even if you're not loving what you're doing today, you have got to be engaged and show yourself as a positive person that's going to make the most out of that opportunity. Otherwise, they're going to say, yeah, not interested.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting one because I think a lot of times folks decide I'm not happy this job is not a good fit for me. And so they begin looking elsewhere and they don't understand that, they have to do a really good job at where they're at now, or they won't be considered for that other position. So I think that's a beautiful point. You don't get to take your foot off of the accelerator pedal just because you're unhappy in your job. In fact, if anything, kind of push it a little bit further because you've got to kind of overcome your your own motivation level. So I love that one. Be the best you can be in your current job. And those of you who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, that's a theme that has come up over and over again I want you to be looking to the future. I want you to be looking to what's next, but not at the expense of what you're doing today. What's number three?
1: All right. I had a hard time figuring out the order because some of these work (laughs) together. Uh, But I'm going to say number three is find a mentor. And I'm going to marry that with let people know that you want to grow. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of two together. So have a growth mindset and let people know about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in in a perfect world, in a Disney fairy tale world, that magical mentor is going to show up, and <laughs> you're going to ride off into the sunset and have the fabulous career because this mentor has helped you. Yes, it's not that simple. No. Uh, so, what I recommend is people love to be asked for help. Mm-hmm. So, find somebody who you admire. Who has skill sets that you would like to learn about, and who you think can, um, that you can build a relationship with, mm-hmm. and ask them, Will you yeah. be my mentor? Yeah. You'd be surprised. People love to help other people, and the likelihood that you'll get a no is really low.
0: And sometimes it doesn't work out the first time around, does it? So, you know, what do you do when you find that you're in a kind of a dead end mentoring situation, didn't work out the way you'd hoped it would? Look for another one. And
1: I think about my career, and at any given point, I've had more than one mentor. So it's not like it has to be just one relationship. You can have a mentor that helps you with soft skills, with your communication skills and those kinds of things. And you can have a mentor, let's say you're an accountant, that helps you, that knows the ins and outs Mm -hmm. of accounting. So you can have mentors for different areas of your life, for different stages of your life, and just different times in your career.
0: I think that's a beautiful um, piece of advice to not not expect one mentor to kind of fill all the needs, especially when you're early in your career and you have so much growth potential. Get different mentors. So I love that one. Um, all right. So what's next? All right. So the mentor ties into having a growth mindset.
1: And a growth mindset is what skills do I want to grow? So a lot of times I find that young people, even really talented young people, they're looking at what that job can do for them Mm -hmm. instead of what they can do to bring the most to the job. Mm -hmm. So if you have a particular job or an industry that you want to work in, Think about, okay, the people that are successful in this area, what are the skill sets they have? What are they looking for? And what can I do to better develop myself? And these days, there are so many resources that you can use for development that are free. Mm -hmm. And you've got resources. There's all sorts of subscriptions. One of the ones I love on leadership is called JANA, J-H-A-N-A. And if you're a young manager, it gives you all sorts of tips on managing and leading people. Cool. Uh, so just look for ways to grow yourself because not every organization is going to give you those tools. And I find that a lot of people, once we graduate from college, it's kind of like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm done learning. I'm done growing. (laughs) And that's not the case. We just have to be more purposeful about it as we move into the workplace Mm -hmm. because it's not always something that's given to us. It's something that we have to go out and look for.
0: I couldn't agree more, and it it was interesting being in higher education for 22 years. You would think that, of above all, higher education would have a great training system, employee development system, and it was the worst I had ever seen. And I was at two different universities, and I saw that in other universities that I knew people uh, who worked at. And so it really was the onus was on us and our managers to make sure that that happened because it wasn't happening at the university at all. So if you have to go out and get it, and then I would add to that, make sure that you carefully document what you've gone to, what you've attended, what certifications you've received. I always say keep a folder, whether it's an electronic folder or a paper folder, but you're going to want to update your resume on a regular basis. Update your LinkedIn profile, and you're going to want to put that stuff on there, so make sure you keep track of it because you will forget. So I love the idea of a growth mindset. So what's, I don't know what number we're on yet now. Are we at number five? We're on number four. We're, we're on four. number four. All right,
1: yes. And number four for me is really getting to know yourself. Ooh, yes. And there are so many tools. I know, Lisa, you and I are both Myers-Briggs practitioners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we both believe in this. But the better you know yourself, the more able you will be to find that position that's a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something called the enjoyment theory. And what it says is the more you enjoy the specific tasks and things mm-hmm. that are a part of your work, the more successful you're going to be. I mean, it seems yeah. like a no-brainer. Right. Uh, but really get to know yourself. And there's a number of different tools that you can do to do that. Myers-Briggs is one of my mm-hmm. favorites. Uh, another one that we use at the bank, and, and we use it as a pre-employment screening, it's called the Harrison assessment. Mm-hmm. And that will give us, um, it gives us a score and says, this person is an 87% fit. So the things they enjoy are a 87% fit with this position. Ooh, I like that. And both Myers-Briggs, Harrison, you can find people that do it and you can do it on your own. You don't have to do a class or, or wait for someone mm-hmm. to do it. You can mm-hmm. do it whenever you want. So just really know yourself.
0: Another one that is used a lot in companies is the strengths finder and I'm not I'm not certified or anything in that, but what I do know about it and I like the philosophy of it building from your strengths. So I think that in kind of the history of professional development, the focus has been on, you know, you have these weaknesses and how to overcome them. But I think that the tide has turned in the sense of let's find out what you're really great at and make you even better at those things because we're probably wasting our time trying to bring you up to speed on certain things that you just really suck at. And you can find somebody, you can hire somebody or someone else can do those things that you suck at and probably do them a whole lot better than you.
1: I have to laugh when you say that because I work for a bank. I'm the training person. I suck at numbers. <laughs> it is not my thing. And I hire people on my team that have some of those skill sets that I don't have. Right. So that kind of goes into
0: it too. How are you going to how are you going to fit into the team and benefit the team? Oh yes, as a as a hiring manager, I was always looking for people who were very different from me from a Myers-Briggs perspective. Because if I hired many me's, their strengths would be my strengths. Their weaknesses would be my weaknesses. The things they love to do would be the things I love to do. And there was no one left to do the things I sucked at and hated. Yes. So be good at things your boss sucks at. <laughs> yes. Find out what your boss, well, but that does really, and that's all, not what we're really talking about today, but really finding out what your boss doesn't love to do and what of those things can you take off of his or her plate. You become, you know, you can really position yourself as a high potential doing that kind of thing. Um, going and and I've talked about that on the podcast before, going in and or, or observing or asking what they don't want to do and what can you take off their plate. Love it. Love it. All right, and I think we have one more. Yes, and
1: it ties to what you were just saying and it's volunteer. And volunteer internally and externally. And internally is looking for those things in your current job with your current boss that you can volunteer to take mm-hmm. off of their plate also volunteering externally Mm -hmm. it's it's good for you personally because you meet other people out in the community i know we have something here in tallahassee called access tallahassee it's young professionals they get together uh and I, I recommend that you don't just stick to young professionals, that you also network with other people, mm-hmm. but you'll you'll be able to perhaps identify some opportunities outside of your current organization, mm-hmm. uh, get to know people who might be a good mentor for you, Yes, and it also is good for your current organization. At Capital City Bank, uh, we're all asked to do a minimum of 10 hours of community service because the bank believes in the community, mm-hmm. so it also enhances your current position, that you're somebody that's out there giving back.
0: Absolutely. And that, that networking yields so many benefits, um not just professionally, but personally, you might find that there's something you're very passionate about that you kind of, I always think of it as an itch that you get to scratch that maybe has nothing to do with your work. So um, I've done a a fair amount of volunteering in the community around pet adoption because I'm passionate about that. Nowhere does, other other than when you sign up for an appointment with me, my dog is my receptionist. You see a picture of her and she helps you Uh, sign up for appointment. It doesn't really, uh, I don't really work with animals on a regular basis because they don't get jobs. Um, But I love pets. I love dogs in particular. And so having that chance to do that. So, you know, if there's something that you love that doesn't get kind of addressed at work, that networking can also be a way to kind of fill your soul. I love it. I love it. So what kind of final words would you give to someone who has listened to this and thinks this sounds really great, You know, my my company maybe doesn't have a a formal high potential program. Is there one kind of final word that you would give them to help them, um, you know, get noticed in this capacity? I would say be intentional about it. Mm -hmm. Be intentional
1: and put a plan together. Uh, The things that we've talked about, and they're probably not in order, so I apologize. Volunteer, which we just talked about. Be the best you can be in your current job. Get to know yourself so you find a fit where the job matches what you love to do, find a mentor, and have a growth mindset. So really just being intentional, looking at those things, and and rather than saying, oh yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to look, I might do that. Be really intentional about creating a plan around it. How am I going to find a mentor? What am I looking for Mm in a mentor? What are some things that I can volunteer for? So be intentional and take action. Don't just think about it.
0: And I I like to break that down. I do a, a fair amount of strategic planning with other entrepreneurs. And one of the things that they often miss is the step where they actually put that on their calendar. And that is so critical because I, I hate personally hate to-do lists. I don't know how you feel about them, Denise, but I hate them. I want, them, I want that on my calendar because a to-do list is, is not terribly useful. But if I have calendared time to do that, so whether you calendar regular time to network, um, calendar time to research you know, networking opportunities, calendar time to find what are the job opportunities in my company, just set aside time for that. Um, it will be time well spent. I agree. Love it. Love it. Well, I hope this has been helpful today as we get back into the swing of 2019. I know I took some time off, and all the podcasts I listened to, they apparently took time off too, so I didn't feel so bad. Um, so I've been actually listening to podcast reruns. Maybe you've been doing the same thing. So here's fresh new content today. And I encourage you to reach out to me. So if you have a question, I'll be glad to pass the question on to Denise. Um, Or if you have a question for me, so you can put something in the comment box. Or you can email me at L-E-S-A at exclusivecareercoaching.com. As always, I want to be your career success strategist. So let me know how I can help you. Have a great week, guys. Bye